What's up, party people? Welcome to a very insomniac episode of the House Flipping HQ podcast. This, this, this is the House Flipping HQ podcast. Now, let's get flipping with your host, Justin Williams. So, I am laying here. It's now 6.12. I can hear people... Um, all around me. I'm in a hotel room, I should tell you. Um, going pee. <laughs> so, so I think that means people are waking up. Uh, and I've been up since 2.30. I'm here at a real estate mastermind meeting, a very high-level mastermind meeting with some of the nation's top real estate investors. And this morning is day three. And I don't know about you guys, but I sometimes struggle um, with sleep when I have a lot of ideas, when I'm excited, when my mind is racing. And for the first time last night, I kept thinking I'd fall back to sleep, and I, I don't think I did. There were moments where I felt myself, oh, here I go, here I go. oh, and then I go, no. it's like maybe two minutes. <laughs> um, but last night I was like, I might have insomnia, whatever. I don't know what insomnia means. I just know it means you don't sleep a lot. And, um, yeah, it might be something I need to work on because I struggle to sleep a lot. I don't know if I've told you guys that, but anyway, if you guys have any suggestions for me, cause I know it's not super healthy and I probably sound totally illiterate to you right now, but if you have any suggestions, let me know. Justin at housekeeping HQ, <laughs> help me help you. So anyway, having that been said, I've listened to like 10 podcasts. It's probably also isn't good. And probably <laughs> part of the reason why I haven't, um, been able to fall back to sleep. Um, I tried, there's this podcast called sleep with me. That's supposed to help you sleep. And I listened to that for two hours and didn't fall asleep. <laughs> so like, screw it. If I'm up, I'm going to listen to something. I'm going to get some value out of, um, so anyway, I've listened to all kinds of podcasts, and that's after two days of sp- hanging out with absolutely amazing, incredible people. So, um, wow, takeaways from the meeting so far. I mean, I can't share, you know, specific, we all sign a, a, a document saying we're not going to share um, specifics. Just like we do, you know, some fair flipping, we kind of protect that so people can share openly. So I can't share any specifics, um, but I can share with you what I talked about. I went yesterday. I was the second to last presenter, and um, I shared my thoughts on where what I think the past is of real estate investing and what I think the future of real estate investing is. And at least from like a business perspective, I mean, you're always going to have your like landlord guys who can figure out some creative way to spend like 10 years, like a year trying to buy like this one house that might make them a hundred, two hundred dollars a year. Anyway, um, but like how to really grow like a business, like multiple six, seven-figure business, like an incredibly successful business on automation. And some of these thoughts, and I just have these thoughts, like, 
yesterday. That's basically when I created the presentation yesterday morning and then throughout the day, um, which is a whole nother episode, I suppose. But, and I just came to this conclusion that real estate investors, and I may have mentioned this before, generally speaking, some are more sophisticated and more advanced than others, but generally speaking, your average real estate investor is probably anywhere from, um, as long as like 10 years behind marketing uh, best practices to uh, on the lesser degree five and in some cases just two or three years behind. Uh, but generally speaking, real estate investors are significantly behind uh, more advanced internet marketers. And I've just come to find this out more as I've been more in the internet marketing uh, and education space in the last two and a half years. I remember my marketing coach, Russell, one time talking about how, you know, back in the day when marketing used to be about sending direct mail, like way back in the day, and, you know, you send a direct mail and uh, people buy your stuff and you make money. And then um, I was like, oh, that's what we do. And then he's like, and then like a few years ago, this really cool thing called the internet came and you would send people to pay-per-click ads and then they go to your website and they buy your thing and you make a bunch of money and they're like uh, and, or you, and you make money and, and you, you sell them something and you make money right and um he's like that doesn't that doesn't work anymore <laughs> i was like oh that's what like real estate investors do they do those two things they do direct mail and they send people to a website and are disappointed if they don't get incredible results from one of those two things. It's like, the business doesn't work anymore. I can't believe it. It's like, um, and we've kind of experienced that a little bit as uh, Kel, my acquisitions manager, as we've been starting to really ramp up and focus on direct marketing more this year. Now, for those of you who have done or do direct marketing will know that if you stop that machine and you start it back up, like it takes a lot of work because you don't have anything in the pipeline and in in our past we've done direct marketing but it's never been it's more about we've been the the house flipping machine right we get tons of deals uh we've purchased tons of uh, deals through uh short sales and then just the general mls scenarios and trustee sales and then last year's ton from wholesalers and we've done all these things at other times, I, um, even last year we did some on the MLS, and uh, we did we did a lot of direct direct mail. We did a lot of direct marketing and all that stuff. Um, but it's never been like our focus has been more. We have the rehab systems. We have this machine, and you know, and here in this uh, group that I'm I'm a part of, and some figure flipping, and, and working teaming up with Andy McFarland. Um, the, a lot of these guys have like incredibly robust, amazing marketing systems, like because they do a lot of wholesaling and they do a lot of direct marketing and wholesale those. And, um, so that's kind of what we're trying to build out this year. And I know I'm kind of going off on a tangent, so let me go off on this tangent and I'll come back. We'll, we'll loop back here. Right. So the reason for that, why are we doing that in case you haven't listened in the past or aren't aware? Well, I've kind of become known as the 
the guy who flips uh, a very high volume of houses, does all fix and flips, no wholesaling, and does it in multiple states. You know, so for example, last year we flipped houses in at least ten different states. I think we did a couple more, but I won't even admit it. <laughs> it's just like, wow, that's crazy, right? Um, and at the beginning, we started doing this. Uh, I started a couple of years ago doing in just a couple states, and they worked out really well. Crushed it. And so then last year when I joined this mastermind group that I'm currently a part of in February, we started buying houses from people in the group. And I started, and I was buying more houses from people in my coaching programs. And it just got this crazy point where we were about almost like, there's a point where we bought like 70 houses in 70 days, right? And um, it was awesome. In the beginning it was awesome. And then, and then you think, yeah, I'm going to do like all these houses. And after all, you're like, oh, hold on, this is... Have you guys ever gotten to a point in your business where you're like, I don't know if I totally have 100% control of what's going on right now in my business. <laughs> it's like a freight train that's just like going. And, um, so we had to kind of pull on the brakes a little bit. And it, um, it's almost not, not embarrassing, but we all have egos, right? So even to admit that is is hard. But we pulled on the brakes, pushed on the brakes a little bit, and... Um, as we started to work through all these houses and still buying some, but not too many, uh, it was, um, our systems were amazing. It was amazing that we were even able to do that. Right. But then as I looked at the numbers and the amount of time and problems, like they, they were rising, like the, the amount of losses per, um, 10 deals was higher in the past. It had been like one out of 10 deals was like a break even or, a small loss and every occasion would have like a slightly bigger loss, but it, it was higher. It was more like two out of 10. And, and sometimes like they were big losses, like things that we did not know because we, we could not have known because we were in that area. Uh, like we can tell you horror stories about just septic systems that cost way more than they did out here because of the issues of the soil and, wells um that had to be built and just crazy things that i'm like oh my gosh like how we we flipped hundreds and hundreds of houses how did we not know about that and, and vanessa could tell you even more i usually prefer not to hear those this, the details <laughs> just tell me what what's the damage right um so what kind of hit me was i don't know where the market's going sometimes i hear people say Oh, it's it's doomsday. It's going to happen. Like people are like, I don't really, you know, there's nothing that shows. Like, uh, you know, it's, and I don't like to have this fear that like constricts me. And a lot of people like they have fear and it causes them to to stop. And you know, that's not why we slowed down last year. Is because we just wanted to um, make sure we we built out the company in a way that allowed us for that growth. Right. So we slowed down a little. It was it wasn't for fear so much of the market or anything like that. But having that been said, seeing all that, I was like, you know, what if I've always felt like there's no way I could be that guy, you know, that guy who has all these houses and things come tumbling down and and you end up um, in in a huge mess that you cannot get out of. And the reason why I knew I wouldn't be that guy, I felt like I wouldn't be that guy because I'm like, okay, I have these built-in margins that allow for uh, X amount of decline. And I also buy a lot of properties that are rental properties. Most properties I buy have a plan B 
and all that stuff's good and dandy, but I thought, you know, last year with the higher amount of overall um, per 10 properties, or however you want to look at it, losses that we had, and if, I mean, that was a good year last year, in the mar- the, generally speaking, in the market overall, and if we had that combined with the crash, I don't know. I mean, I, and what does a crash mean, right? I don't want to get too black swanish, right? But what if it's like even a worse crash than the last time? And, um, you know, my assumption that people will just buy at a lower percentage, it's like, oh, the market's going down 2% per month. Okay, let's just sell everything. And uh, sometimes buying can just kind of not totally stop, but like, People can freeze in their tracks a little bit, or um, I don't know, something weird happened, right? So I was like, okay. Bottom line is, it was hard. Like sometimes you got to take two steps back or a step back, which is really hard in business and in life, and think, what am, what am I missing here? Let's look at the bigger picture. Is is there um, something I should be doing differently or, or better? And so it was difficult, but we took a step back or two steps back and thought, okay. We need to have a little more control. So we stopped buying in multiple states. We picked the top um, two to three states that we felt like we had the best crews, that we had had the best success, and we thought we're going to focus here. We're going to finish off what we're doing in these other states, and we're going to focus on these few states, one of those, of course, being California. And um, we're, Anyway, I won't get into the other one. We'll talk about that in another episode. Uh, and then also an, another thing that we decided to do was we will still buy from wholesalers in those states when the deal makes sense. Uh, we'll still buy on the MLS when the deal makes sense, but we are going to take control of our our own marketing. Um, and and the reason for that, which I did not mention, is number one, even bigger potential margins because we're seeing all the money that all these wholesalers are making. And we thought, you know, we are what one man can do, another man can do, or woman. <laughs> I mean, not that Keller and I are a woman, but anyway, you get what I'm saying. Uh, so one person can do, one, another person can do, so why can't we get these bigger, better margins overall? And that would give us more, um, just more, less exposure, I guess you could say, because we have just, and, and then more profits, which is always nice. And then number two, it would give us the opportunity to, to start wholesaling. Now, I would be lying if I said that we had wholes- even wholesaled a deal yet this year. <laughs> we haven't considered it, but it's like when, because um, we pumped the brakes on the on the buying a little bit at the end of last year, and we've kind of picked that back up. We're still not at the pace that that I would like to be, but it's it's okay. Like I feel comfortable. It's cool because um, we're building out something. You know, taking a couple steps back to take ten steps forward, right? Um. But it, the goal is, bottom line, to put us in a position where we can wholesale properties. We can get them under contract, whatever, and wholesale them. Not, not that our goal is to wholesale everything, but to, to have a little more diversification and have that ability to do that and just less overall exposure um, and risk to to the marketplace. So this is not a prediction. I don't know or think necessarily that the market is going to go down anytime in the very near future. Uh, in fact, I feel, feel like we still have room for growth, um, but that's just a, a decision that we decided to to make. And I encourage you all to kind of look at your business as well and 
just don't be scared, but just try to make sure. And I've talked about this a lot, so I'm not going to beat it up too much. But just make sure that you're you're ready for that. You know, fight like well, what if? Don't don't be fearful. Don't freeze. Um, but do you have a plan B? You know, if, if you're wholesaling, you know, good good to go. Um, if you're not, that's fine. But what things are you taking into account so you don't end up being that person without a seat if and or when the music stops, as they say. And I don't believe the music ever stops. But as the music, the tune changes, <laughs> let's put it that way, that <laughs> um, you have multiple seat options. So anyway, enough with my analogy. So blah, 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 blah. Actually, it's not blah, blah, blah. I think all that was, was important, and I hope you got a lot of those many side tangents. So let's bring this back to what I was talking about. Um, in what my predictions, if you will, on the past of real estate investing and the future of real estate investing. So the thing is crazy too, is this is different for each area. I mean, some areas they're still buying houses on the MLS or trustee sell with decent margins. Uh, in more competitive areas like California, like it's just that doesn't really happen. People still buy there, but not not savvy, not very many savvy, sophisticated investors that are getting great margins. Maybe every once in a while, but not too often. At least not that I am too incredibly aware of. <laughs> I say that to be open because I'm always trying to learn and, and keep an open mind. So um, if you're one of those people, then reach out to me and let me know. I'd love to come buy houses there too. No, I'm just kidding. Um, okay, so future, you can tell I haven't gotten much sleep <laughs> last night. <laughs> Past and future of real estate investing. Uh, this is my prediction. I think it's going to kind of go the way that uh, other more um, sophisticated marketing has gone. I, you know, for for example, in the internet marketing space, I, I almost quit after a year. And you guys would not be hearing my voice if if I had done that, but. After a year, I just remember, uh, well, actually, it wasn't a year. You know, I started in October of 2013 with the House Flipping HQ podcast and, and website. And in June of 2014, when my wife and I were about to go on our 10-year anniversary, uh, I remember, like, saying to her, I I'm, I'm done. You know, well, let me this amount of money I need to refund to people. I had calculated it all up um, and just say, guys, I'm, I'm sorry, but I'm, uh, I'm walking away. Like I can't fulfill on this. I mean, I was spending 50 to 60 hours a week working on my education business and, and, and I loved it. I, there was a time where I loved it, but even things that we love after we put our heart and soul into it and it doesn't um, give back to us in the way that we had imagined you can come to not be as passionate or not, not love it as much and at times even despise it. And I was getting to that point, you know, I was, um, you know, missing everyone. So I missed one of my kids things or uh, there, there was a lot of sacrifice that was going on and wasn't making a very significant income from that. But yet on the real estate, the house flipping business, I was spending very little time and I was making, uh, we were making ton of money, way more money than the education business. Um, and so I thought, I'm, I'm done, I'm going to quit. And I, I'm just, when we get back from this trip to Costa Rica, I'm 
going to do it. I'm going to refund everyone their money. And, you know, fortunately for her and her wisdom during this trip, we were able to talk about it a little bit more. And I think just being able to relax was good too and kind of get away. But she told me, she's like, well, what are you, what are you going to do? Like, if you stop this, what are you going to do? You started this because you, you had a systematized business and you quite frankly, for lack of a better way of saying it, you were, you were kind of bored. You needed something else. You needed a new challenge and you got into this. Like, so what? You're not making as much money as you are in real estate. You're spending more time on it, but like you're like, you'll figure it out. And you know, what else are you going to do? Like maybe adjust the way you do things, whatever, but what do you do? Like follow me around the house all day? I don't think so. Right. So, um, so anyway, bottom line came back, uh, got a little more, I guess, confident in our products and programs and what we had to offer. I think I had a lot of fears of being known as like the unscrupulous guru because they're out there, right? It happens if I sold my, or believe my product too much or sold it, um, a little more aggressively or, or whatever, but I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go for it because if I don't, then, um, then everything's gone anyway. So let's just be more confident in this and, and believe in it more. Cause I wasn't believing in enough. Cause I was afraid of what people are going to think if, you know, they buy this and they don't think it's like, I don't know. It's just this weird, these weird false beliefs I had that I'm not totally over, but I'm over like way more over than I was. Right. So I don't even know, this is how little sleep I've gotten, I guess, because I don't even know how I got to this. The other tangents I know how I got to, I don't even know how we got here. So I'm trying to think how to tie this back in, but I don't know how else. But, so I'm just going to go right back where we were. Um, let's go ahead, but internet marketing, right? Like, I, I've learned, um, okay, so past and future of, of real estate investing. A lot of people are like, oh, what, what's going to happen? Margins are getting tighter, and... Um, it's more competitive, what's going to happen? And then I hear a lot of people think like, oh, it's just a cycle. Like in the cycle, pretty soon, like the cycle is going to change and it's going to be easier to buy. And I don't really think that's going to happen. It might be partially true, but I don't think so. I think with more advanced technology and more advanced sophistication um, and more people understanding of the opportunity that there is in real estate, I don't know that the um, competitiveness is necessarily going to go, go away, but I don't think that the opportunity goes away. Um, I do think the barrier to entry will continue to rise as it is with most businesses, you know, most startup companies, most businesses like don't, uh, just not every single random person that has, I don't know, I'll say random person. That sounds messed up, right? The barrier to entry, I think, will continue to rise, and I think you will continue to need um, a little more sophistication, a little more education, a little more coaching, a little more um, surrounding yourself with the people who are, are doing it. You know, for example, I'm here in this room the last couple of days with these people. It's like you automatically, like, rise to a whole new level. You know, last night I was talking to Doug um, and Andrea at dinner, and we're just like, I mean, they said it because they're kind of newer to the group, a little newer than I am. And they're like, it's so strange. Like, you come here and then you go there, meaning like to real estate investment clubs and talk to other investors. You know, they even go to this. Yeah, I, won't, I won't get into details because I don't want to, you know, offend or hurt any feelings. But go to these other things that they've been, and it's just like, oh my gosh, like you guys, 
the way you think your thinking is so off. You think so small. Uh, not everybody, but there's there's a large, very large percentage of people. But bottom line, surround yourself with people who are making it happen. Because if you're just with people who aren't and they're sitting around complaining, like you're gonna get jacked up in the head. So even more jacked up than I am with my three hours of sleep. <laughs> um, I wish it was only three hours of sleep, but it's like three hours of sleep after only five hours of sleep after. <laughs> oh, just getting worse and worse. So, um, anyway, so back to the, you guys are going to think that I'm intentionally like making you hang on. I'm not, I'm just, I don't know, I'm just whatever. But the, the past and the future of real estate investing, this is what I believe in. This is what we are going to start doing more with our marketing. You know, what has allowed me to be successful in my online business that if I did not do or when I did not do, I was not successful. And um, what I believe is going to have to happen in real estate for people to be successful. Not that they're going forward for everyone in the future, but for the more competitive areas. And then as things can continue to get more competitive, what are the things that you're going to have to do? So one of the things that we're going to start doing is I'm like, okay, this is working in our online business. Why don't we take this over to our real estate business? So one of those things we're going to start building uh, an, an audience. Um, you know, we're going to start teaching people. We're going to start giving value. Uh, and this sounds crazy, but we're going to start giving value to potential sellers, people who are thinking about selling their home. We're going to educate them on the selling process. I mean, most sellers don't know anything about selling a house. And we're literally going to do our very best to to teach them that process, to teach them uh, about, about realtors and realtor commissions and how it works and how much it is and... Um, not so much in a way where it's like, like, can't believe you're paying all this money. But no, literally tell them. Sometimes, like, it might be better for you to sell your house in a real, with a realtor. It might be better for you to sell your house with a realtor if X, Y, and Z. Um, teach them about the the title and escrow process and the other costs involved. And once again, not as a bad thing, but as a, just a matter of fact just so they're aware, awareness. And, and sure, though, that will play in our advantage at times when it is the right person. Teach them a little bit about repair costs. Teach them a little bit about the value that can be added. Teach them about the difference between a wholesaler and a rehabber and different people they might hear from and different options that they might have and kind of how wholesaling works and and, re- and all these different things. like Like the whole objective being creating this platform. I don't know. I've thought about like a podcast and stuff. I don't know that I will quite go that far yet. Maybe someday, but I have a lot going on. Uh, but more just creating like, like an, an email list, you know, having a website, letting people opt in, um, to get like a free guide on something and then sending them emails, uh, over time and, and educating them and, and giving them value. And of course the goal being to close them right up front. Um, but if they don't, that's okay. You know, most of the my students who who purchase products and programs from me, like it's not like the first time they hear about me, they don't just buy it. Like it's not like, oh, here's this guy on the internet who's telling me to go to buy his thing. I'm gonna go buy it. You know, it's like no, they gotta build that relationship. So they know I'm not just some schmuck. Well, maybe they think I'm a sh- well, anyway. They probably wouldn't buy it if they think I'm a schmuck. But um, 
so yeah, so really educating the the seller and really being their their friend. And then but then of course promoting what you have to offer and believing in it and being passionate about it. And so another one of the things that I've learned that I have to do to sell my products and programs and maybe this maybe I'm, I haven't got enough sleep, so I'm being pretty uh, incredibly open here, probably more open than I've ever been, is I've come to find guys that if I do not create some kind of like urgency, um, none of you do anything. <laughs> no one does anything. Like I would be out of business. And that was kind of one of the big realizations when we got back from Costa Rica is the guy that worked for me had a, a countdown timer at, at the time, Mark, who used to work for me, who's total stud, doesn't work for me anymore, but he put this countdown timer on the website, which I don't even know why he did. I forget why, or I had no idea who did it at all. And, you know, we had $5,000 in people buying our, our program that night when we got back from Costa Rica after doing nothing in the business for 10 days. And I was like, oh my gosh, like there was a little bit of urgency and people took action. And I'm, you know, we're all the same way. Like I'm that way. We're, I'll do it. Like if, if we don't have a reason to buy something, sometimes we don't. Tara and I, went to Catalina uh, just a few days ago for her birthday. And we were thinking about going on Wave Runners. We're also thinking about a hundred other things. And we asked the guy, we're like, okay, so tomorrow's Saturday. Like, we'll just, um, can we come tomorrow and decide if we want to go? And all he said is like, he's like, you know, we usually fill up very quickly on Saturday. In fact, we usually fill up before Saturday. So, the truth is, like, if you don't decide now or within the next uh, couple hours, you, it's probably not going to happen. And so what did we do? You know, we went um, went and talked to someone else about something, but then we came right back. And we're, okay, we're in. Because there was some urgency there. And if I'm being totally honest, like, the next day was, was a little bit cold in the morning. And fortunately, it cleared up enough when we went. But I can almost guarantee you we would not have ended up going if we didn't have that urgency. Um, and that's what happens a lot. I mean, sometimes we still end up doing things, but a lot of times if we don't have that urgency, we don't do it. So we're like, okay, I mean, I've had, <laughs> when we did Millionaire University, like we literally, we promoted it for several weeks, zero signups. Like it was the most embarrassing thing in the world. I thought, oh my gosh, total failures. And then we created a little bit of urgency, like, Hey, time's running out. You know, here's a discount, whatever. We had a hundred signups within uh, a few days. Um, so totally, anyway, totally crazy, right? So it's like, okay, how can we take the same thing? It's just very true. It's, it's just a part of marketing. You always see it all the time. Sell, sell in here. Like it, it's just what we need to, sometimes to take action. So it's like, okay, how can we create that same urgency, um, with our sellers uh, or not our sellers? Yeah. Our sellers with people who are selling their houses. So I don't totally know what that is right now. Um, we're, 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 we're doing some cool stuff or we have done some cool stuff. We will be doing some cool stuff that I'll share later on in the podcast. And, um, hopefully I'll have some really cool results on that, like in detail, that I can show you and answer questions about at, at flip packing live in October. But, um, just think of that. Think of how can I create some urgency with these sellers? You know, usually it's us like begging them, like, please, please let me buy your house. Let me put it under contract. But how can you kind of turn the tables a little bit and, and make them want you, you know, create a little bit of urgency, not, not in a total, like, 
um, scammy way, but urgency is is very real. It's just a matter of relaying that and creating that. So anyway, we'll keep talking about it later on. So uh, you know, build build a relationship, give value. You know, how can you help uh, create um, so, some urgency? Uh, and then another thing, and there's several things. And we've talked about follow up in the past. Right, follow up is huge. Um, Doug's going to share with us in, in detail, like his amazing follow-up system at Flip Hacking Lives. I hope you go. Uh, literally, that one thing makes them multiple six figures per year. Um, but also, uh, what is it? <laughs> okay, so something you probably don't think about, and something I did not think about literally until the past few months, are testimonials. So you're probably thinking, okay, cool, yeah, sure. I get, sometimes I get testimonials. Maybe you don't. Most people don't. But yeah, I get, this person said, hey, I'd like to work with you guys. Boom, put up my website. Maybe you're really advanced and you've got a video of someone saying, hi, my name is John and you bought my house and it was good working with you. You know, they're staring straight at the camera and doing the headlights. Like, that's not what I'm talking about. That might be better than nothing. Maybe. Um, but I'm talking about like legitimate testimonials, um, and I'll give you a few tips. These are kind of some tips I gave yesterday. These are things I've learned from my marketing coach. You know, he will when when he has a student that is doing well, he will fly them out, like pay for them to get on a plane, come out to him, put them up in a hotel, hire a professional um, camera guy, dude, whatever you want to call it. And, like, have two cameras, have it professionally edited, like, lighting is perfect, music in the background, a nice, uh, find a nice place to go, like, really, like, a several thousand dollar investment into getting one testimonial, because he said it'll make him hundreds of thousands of dollars or millions of dollars, because the truth is, you, everyone has an amazing story, right? Like, no matter what business you're in, if you're in real estate, per se, you have and you're doing it actively and you've had success in it, you are helping people and you have great stories and they have amazing things to share. But if no one knows that, like it doesn't really matter. And as I've done this, like with in my coaching and we're still working on improving it, but as I've gotten good testimonials, it's like, this speaks for itself. I don't have to talk about how amazing the programs are, this and that. Because people hear, the students, they hear the people, they, they share it, and, and they're genuine. Like, they're very genuine and raw, and people feel that, and um, it it just has just changed everything. It's what's allowed us to go from wanting to throw in the towel, um, you know, just like a year and a, however long it was, <laughs> a year after we, less than a year after we started, to... Um, doing really well and knowing that the future is, is incredibly bright at house of headquarters and, and the programs that, that we have and knowing that we can do even more. So, um, yeah, testimonials are huge. So we're in the process right now of, of Kayla's going around and, and recording people and, and I'm, I'm getting very critical of these testimonials and I, I think he's done a good job. I think he can do even better. So just a few little tips that might, you might gloss over these, but don't. Okay, because because they're important. How do you do a good testimonial? Number one, um, makes you have good audio and a good 
good camera. You know, you can even you can do it on the iPhone. Just make it stable. Um, but try to have good video, good audio. Even if you know if you're recording from far away, make sure you have like an iPhone or some kind of recording device. Uh, we did one with an iPhone, it still worked. Um, some kind of good recording device or microphone. You know, I, I'm trying to keep it easy for you, right? But have something closer by them because if you have an iPhone or even a video camera that is uh, far away, because most video cameras they just don't have good audio, um, you're not going to get uh, get good audio. So you want to make sure you get good audio. That's that's almost more important than having a high tech camera. You can use uh, an iPhone or something and have for the recording, but make sure you have good audio. Okay, so that's huge. Um, do not have them look at the camera. Okay, you want somebody off to the side, not very far off to the side, just a little bit, and just asking them questions and having them share. The, the goal is to have them just share their story, but a lot of times they need to be asked questions. Make sure that person, and Kel made this mistake a couple of times, but make sure that person is not talking while they are talking because it comes across as so much more uh, genuine and sincere when the person is just sharing their story and answering these questions. Um, now we're going to mess around with both. Like there's some parts where Kale was talking and I'm like, you know, I, I can't edit it because it'll mess up the whole thing. And it kind of works because then when the people meet him, they might be able, oh, you're Kale, great, what, you know, whatever. So um, we're kind of testing out both. But best practice is don't talk. Let them share their story um, and have them answer in complete. So you got to coach them a little bit. They need to answer in complete sentences because otherwise they're just sitting there saying, yeah, you know, it's like they got to answer in full, complete sentences. The goal of the questions is just to keep the story going. And then you want to draw out emotion. Now I'm not talking about, um, being fake or, or, or trying to create something that isn't real or manipulate. But if any of you have gotten testimonials, you'll know that most testimonials are anything but the, the truth. Um, what I mean by that is if they're anything but sincere, it's not because people try to, but it's because they freeze up. They get in front of a camera and it's just like deer in the headlights. And you have this person that you had this emotional connection with and they were, uh, their life was changed and, and they're totally frozen and not being sincere. And you're like, oh, man. Right? So you want to draw emotion. And how do you do that? It's something we're still working on, but... Just having them share their experience, and then when they talk about something that that seems a little like personal, you say how, something like, "How did that make you feel?" You know, how did that make you feel when um, this happened to your your spouse, or you had this situation, and and kind of draw that out. But so even and then from there, it's like they share where they were before, they share where they were with you, and and how that experience help them like and obviously talk have them talk about why it was a good experience and why they chose to do it and what they liked about it but then even more importantly than just the process is what I think a lot of people miss out I think most people just like yeah you were good to work with it was great but I think how has that affected them now in their life like where they're at now and why they're in a better place now and you know you naturally become the the hero of the story right and um that's powerful guys like that those kinds of testimonials if you can get those and 
have those on your websites, have those go or be sent out in emails to your, your list. If you grow a list, whatever, that's what is going to convert people. Okay. So I don't think everyone said this and wasn't intentional. The, the past of real estate investing has been about traffic, if you will. It's been about leads. The future is going to be about conversion because it's a big boy and big girls game now. Uh, it's no longer the slow barrier to entry where any, you know, whatever they, whatever they call it, any person can just show up one day and I'm going to be a professional house. No, nah, it's not so much like that anymore. It's a lot. It's a lot more involved. It's a lot more sophisticated. But with that, there's a lot more potential, I believe, as well. I love that there are other people creating these models that we can um, follow. I love the the, the sophistication is higher. It's going to make the barrier to entry a little bit harder. I'm okay with that because I'm going to step up to the plate. Um, I'm going to create those systems. I'm going to surround myself with the right people. I'm going to utilize that technology. Even I'm not super techie. <laughs> There are people out there that can help you with that. Um, so I'm not saying you need to do like all these things right away. You know, to go like go this big huge list, but just some things to think about. I mean, even just the the testimonials. Oh, and then so the testimonials, and then um, so you edit out the voice, and then you um, you know maybe put a little like bit of soft music behind it, right? So um, and make sure you don't use music that is. Oh, there's some, you can get some music basically that YouTube or someone is going to yank down, right? Um, what do they call that? Royal, so you got to get like royalty free music. So there are websites that you can like audioblocks.com and audiobeats.com are some, some good sites. So, um, so yeah, it's going to be all about conversion. And like I said, in, in my education, internet marketing, online business, if I don't, convert those people like it doesn't matter how much traffic i get no one's going to care unless i build a relationship with them uh, i figure out how i can serve them and help them and then them recognizing oh this guy really does have my best interest in mind um i i want to work with him uh so i don't so so you you gotta you gotta serve them and then you've got to you gotta create a little bit of urgency but in a non sleazy kind of way uh, you don't have to, but it's, I think it'll help, especially in the future. Um, you've got to you've got to have good follow up systems, and we've talked about that. And then I think things like testimonials kind of standing out a little bit, rather than just being the guy that's like, "We'll buy your house in seven days or less. We pay cash fast, and call us now." Like, like you got to differentiate yourself a little bit. And I I think having people share their story and their experience, and working with you. Um, and people feeling that emotion because people make decisions based off of emotion and they later rationalize that um, with rationale. But I think them wanting to work with you because of you, not just because of the price, uh, is, is going to be huge. You know, If you go to a website and you see these testimonials and you see about this company and this, these people who genuinely care and or maybe they build a relationship with you, you're probably going to want to work with them more than just some random person that you know nothing about. Um, so anyway, I think I think those are some things that are going to be all the, the difference. So don't be that guy or girl that's just like, how many letters do I need to send out? And it's not working. And it's like, 
what's it's not working. It's you're not working. You're not, um, you're not doing the things that you need to do to, to make it happen. You're not adjusting. You're not adapting. You're just doing what every other random person is doing if you're having those results. So anyway, I know this was, how long has this been? Oh, wow. This has been a long podcast. <laughs> Gotta got go. Yeah. I think I'll go work out and do something, get my brain going. But um, anyway, hope you guys got some value out of that. I don't know. Uh, I might listen back to it and be like, wow, that was... My brain wasn't working, but you might have gotten extra. I might have just like rambled on more and more um, than I typically even have time to share. So hopefully you got a lot of gold nuggets out of that. We uh, have our seven-figure flipping event is coming up in just a couple of weeks. Um, June 2nd, 3rd, and 4th, I believe. Um, yes, <laughs> go to sevenfigureflipping.com to check that out. Um, we will be, let's see, when will this podcast go out? I'll probably send it to Kyle right after this. That might go out today, um, but literally Thursday, tomorrow. So if you're listening to this on Thursday, um, this is going to be the last day. See, there we, there we go, creating some urgency, right? Uh, but it's true urgency. So I'm giving you guys an example um, because literally the next master meeting is in um, two weeks. And we need to do all of the onboarding with everyone next week. We need to book hotels. Uh, not book hotels. We make sure we have the space set up. So literally, if you want to come to that mastermind meeting where we're going to meet with everyone on Andy's team, we're going to walk through his office, we're going to meet with amazing uh, people, I won't mention names yet, that are on track to do seven figures this year who were not who are doing... Yeah, I had a six-figure business last year, and you're going to do seven this year. If you want to meet and learn from those people and find out exactly what they're doing and how they're doing it, I suggest you do absolutely everything you can to be on that plane to Utah um, and, and and make that investment, invest in yourself. Now, of course, it's only for people who have a certain level of success. Uh, and what I mean by success is that you've done you know a handful of deals Um and whatnot. So that's that's what this is for. So yeah, go to sevenfigureflipping.com and fill out an application ASAP if you are interested in that. And yeah, I would love to see you there. So um, there you go. That's my uh, ramblings for today. Hope you got a lot out of that and I uh, hope you keep taking action. I, I One of the podcasts I just listened to, he was like the number one earner and some MLM, which I'm not a MLM guy at all, but um, the guy was asking, like, what made you be the number one earner? And he just said, I just truly believed in what I was doing. I was passionate about it. I focused on all the time, and I didn't care what anybody said or thought. I just kept moving forward, and with that passion came belief, that, that, that passion and conviction um, came, came, came belief, and with that belief came um, success, and, and with that success came more belief, and I just kept playing off of that, and nothing was going to get in my way, and that's the truth of all businesses, um, especially real estate investing. I Once again, I've said this before, but I'm in a room right now, or I'm not, I'm not in a room right now, it'd be weird, but last couple days with, um, you know, 30 people, um, and today will be 60 people all throughout the nation who are all like 
killing it. Like high multiple six figure or seven. Uh, there's one guy that like he's new to the group, but his net worth I think we figured out is probably like hundred million dollars. So I, I don't even. It, I think it was more than that, like hundred fifty million dollars. We we're kind of doing some calculations. I mean, it's just just insane, right? So for you to assume that this doesn't work, I and mean, these are all normal people, like we're all as um, the the founder of the group yesterday is like, we're all jacked up, you know, <laughs> we all got issues. Um, but if normal people like myself, uh, or even less than normal, I, I won't even tell you all the mistakes that I've made just since I've been here, but, and people just laugh. How can a guy flip 100 houses a year that can't, you know, know how to push this button or figure out this or that? But if normal people like myself and everyone else is here and everyone else that's going to be at the seven-figure flipping event can do this business, why can't you? You know, it's only only if you don't believe you can. It's the only way you can't do it. So uh, anyway, that is it, guys. Get out there. Take some action. Nothing is wasted. And we will talk to you soon, hopefully next week, if I can manage to squeak out a podcast. <laughs> I've got like three mastermind meetings in a row. It's like my, um, yeah, hell month, heck month, two days. Nah, not even two days, like three a, three a month, I guess. All right, I'm out of here. Get out there, make some things happen. We'll talk to you guys soon. This has been the House Flipping HQ podcast. Your, your ultimate house flipping resource for intelligent real estate investing and financial freedom. Check out amazing tutorials, blogs, how-tos, and other inspiring podcasts with house flipping experts at houseflippinghq.com. Houseflippinghq.com.